Welcome to Improv Interviews in what I think is our 106th interview. And it took me that long to bring one of my great friends that I've met and spent time with through the pandemic and hopefully beyond, Max Schaefer. Hi, Max. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Margo. So happy to be here. Oh, I'm really nice happy to, to have you. you. It's great to see you. Isn't Zoom wonderful? So even if things are opening up, we can still play with each other online. Mm -hmm. So Max and I met uh, through a class with Aretha Sills. And I think that's where we met. We may have met at some other jams or other things, too, because we both love music. But I think it, it could have been Aretha. So um, we're going to jump right into it, because as I told my audience, you're a improv pioneer. Let's talk about yes. when you first started doing gibberish. You were an infant, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But my mother said, you're not very good at gibberish. Speaking, speak English. <laughs> no. Uh, but that's that's what I love about him, him, uh, improv and gibberish is that everybody knows gibberish. Everybody's done gibberish. They just maybe forgot how to do it. <laughs> How did your journey start? Were you going to be an, an actor as a child? Tell us about the beginnings and where did where were you from? Where were you born? Yes, I was born in Detroit, Michigan. Yes, and um, I saw my older sister Elizabeth being Jack's wife and Jack and the Beanstalk on a play, and I thought, oh, that's cool. And I remember being in high school and I played an, an imp, a few improv scenes for the first time and I thought well that's fun I remember being on the bus as a teenager with a girl I liked and then <laughs> when I went to college my, <laughs> my very first class in in university was with my good friend Bob Moyer who was my teacher then and he had a class of like 70 students so big it was uh, couldn't fit in the room. We had to play theater games. It was a theater games class outside on the lawn. There were so many people. Wow. Uh, what, what's and cool? I even remembered uh, I even remember doing a scene. Uh, it was difficulty with a small object. And I remember having a comb and combing my hair and getting it stuck in my hair. That was 40 years ago. But <laughs> Bob remembers it. I remembered it. So and that's the wonderful thing about improv. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What, what? Precious memory. No, it's just that it gives you these precious memory oh, yeah. gems that you keep. Isn't that true, Margot? It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And I kept interrupting because I wanted to ask you what school you went to. Grand Valley State College is now Grand Valley University in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's not how they talk there. I just like talking <laughs> accents. And that's where you met Bob. That I know. Too, yes, yeah, right? he was oh, my God. teacher. And he had an acting troupe, an improv troupe. We went all around to the schools, performed Streganona and all these stories. And then he brought us out to work with Viola in Los Angeles. We were actually hired to work out there, work with her and go to schools and be directed by her. Imagine being directed in a play by Viola Spolin. You can't ask for anything better. It was so exciting. Now, when you went out there, had you already read her book before you went out there? Or was the book even published? Yeah, we've been doing the games for a, a few years. And uh, we took a, act, a 
a workshop for teachers because I'm a classroom teacher and we took a workshop with professional actors and I got to really work with some great people. You know, Dee Dee Khan from Greece, she was in that workshop with Viola. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so we got to work with her out in Los Angeles and uh, have so many stories about working with her. And then I worked with Paul Sills for many years. Um, I was actually a stage manager uh, for Sills and Company in Los Angeles. They had some of the original Second City performers, the greatest improvisers of all time uh, that I got to see every week in this little 99 cent seat theater. It was so incredible. And uh, I told this story before, but it's so funny. I was in Viola's workshop and she said, come next week. Uh, my son just moved to LA and he's gonna be playing some games with my friends, with his friends. And the first thing I was thinking, like, they're going to play basketball or something. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. She was talking about Paul Sills is going to start a show. I didn't even know it was a show. And I saw the very first Sills and Company show. Uh, and I, I knew then, being 19 years old, I knew I am never going to see anything like this. I need to see every show that I can. I need to see every show. And I started coming every week because it was magic. A magic. You can imagine, you know, you've seen great improv. This is, these are, they're all geniuses, all these people. Hamilton Camp, uh, Louis Arquette, um, Dick Shaw, Avery Shriver, Valerie Harper, Mina Kolb, you know, even Robin Williams. I got to, I got to watch three or four times and it's like, it was improv heaven. And in a little tiny 99-seat theater. And I I went every week till I ran out of money and I started sneaking in. And Paul punished me by making me stage, stage manager of the show. <laughs> you know what? You're coming in free. Get up on stage. <laughs> You're going to help me run the lights. <laughs> oh, my that I get chills thinking about this, Max. What an incredible experience. So I want to go back to when you first got to California and you first met Viola. What was that first? What was your first impression and the first meeting like with her? Oh, scary. <laughs> you know, I walk into this. I'm imagining the Spolins and I'm imagining this 10 story building, right? It was just a little theater. And I'm going in and I see this box. You know, I'm looking in the box and it's got all her magic things, her balls, or turned out to be her assistant, Bob Moyer, uh, Bob, Moyer, uh, Bob Martin's box. But it had all her, uh, an original handbook of games from the 1940s. And, so, and I'm reaching over and I'm touching it. And then all of a sudden I'm looking up and she's looking at me while I'm going through her things. And I go, oh my God, <laughs> this is not a good first impression, me rummaging through her things. <laughs> I've never told that story before. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> that, that's beautiful. Wait a minute. Was Aretha even born then? Um, I remember Aretha being at Sills and Company shows, and she was, uh, <laughs> she was like a barely a teenager. She was running the box office. She might have been the one that caught me. <laughs> and a little Neva, little Neva was like five or six years old, and she'd be in the front row seat every show. So, you know, she was like, boy, 
you know, she was she got to see every show and she got to see her and her sister uh her sister was in the show, Rachel Sills. Uh it was one of the players, you know, almost about my age, but she was playing with the, you know, Dick Shaw and all these great performers and <laughs> it was exciting. You know. And of course and Carol Paul was I'm sorry. Paul Sills was a performer in himself. He would get more laughs just introducing the games. All he did is introduce the games and side coach. And he'd side coach during the show. And the people loved that. You know, you know, share your voice. <laughs> you know, but, but the audience grew to, you know, see that as, you know, he's helping the people on stage. But they they just they adored him and laughed at everything he said because he included them in the show. He, as a director, he included the audience to you know say, well look, you can see that they weren't you know. And he talked about some of the acting things as if they were colleagues, and the audience just ate it up because they were treated with such respect. That is so beautiful, and I'm, I was going to mention Carol as well because Carol yeah, was Carol. and she was doing lighting. And and some set design. Oh yeah, she did. She did all that. Yeah, she was. She was right in there. She was doing all that, and she was, you know, right there on the same level. She, you know, she was, and you know, I, I took workshops with her too, which were brilliant. Wow. They did story theater. Yes. Can you uh, describe you know, story theater? Yeah. Can you describe what story theater is a little bit? Yeah. Well, you know, story theater uh, was a show that ran on Broadway and, uh, you know, it won Tony's for this show, but it not only was it a great show, it was a new form of theater. It was a type of theater that had never been performed before that got a lot of attention because traditionally uh, in storytelling, you have a narrator and you have the actors performing it. And then they went down the road to find a, something and then the actors would act it out. That was the traditional way. And Paul Sill said, well, what if the performers were the narrators? So the narrator said, you know, like if Paul Sand, who played the role of a dog and won a Tony for it. <laughs> uh, can you imagine that uh, role, dog, Tony Award? Um, but, you know, he was brilliant in his own right. So um, he, you know, he would go out and say, and then a dog was walking down the uh, was was going somewhere and didn't act out the dog. So the performer is the narrator, basically. And uh, that was it's a technique that grew and expanded to go into movies and other art forms. A genius as well as Viola, um, you know, in his own right, brilliant, brilliant. And an incredible, you know, but you you have a body of work that includes three geniuses because it's not only her son Paul Sills and um, Viola, but her teacher Neva Boyd. Oh my God! And you know Neva Boyd because if you deal with social work, absolutely. You know, I went to see I went to Chicago to see her her. Uh, her her collection of works. Uh -huh. and I said, yeah, I like to see uh, Neva Boy's connection. They brought out twenty crates, twenty huge boxes. Oh okay, my God. get this. I open up one folder in one of the boxes. You know, these are big twenty by twenty crates. Open up one folder. There is on one single page, double spaced, typed. No computers back then. Typed, and then on each page, 
written, crossed out, written on every page. Every page looks like it took an hour to write. And she had 20 crates and they looked like they were written by a scientist, you know. Oh. And she wrote, I'll show you the book. This is her game book. Yeah. Book of games. It looks like a, look how skinny it is. It looks like it's nothing, but no. Gold mine, right? Yeah, absolutely. So was it, did you ever meet Neva in person? Oh no, she was before my time. You know, okay. there's a wonderful picture on the internet going around. You know about the picture? No. <laughs> there's a picture on the internet you can find of Neva Boyd sitting on a on on the steps of her, her house holding baby Paul Sills. Oh yes, head. yes, yes, of course. Of course. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, so. you're not that old, Paul. I, I, I'm sorry, uh, Max, you're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been fascinating, looking at all of her original work. Oh, my gosh. And what a contributor to social work. And people don't even know about her, basically. Yes, um, yes. Really and I found a real gem. I found this real special gem in there. In, in Eva Boy's collection was the original version of Viola's uh, improvisation for the theater even before it was called that it was her first draft of her book for how to do theater for children like oh my god this is this is, i felt like i found the you know the whatever it is the uh, the most special thing well you did and it's really wonderful to me that you spent your life as a kindergarten teacher working oh with small no, not just, no, kindergarten, fifth grade, all grades. Fifth grade, okay. You know, I spent 20 years with fifth grade, a bunch of years with kindergarten. So, yeah, working with kids a lot. And for theater games, it applies to everything, you know, um, not just uh, use it for everything. Teaching how to read, how to socialize, how to do math, everything you turn into a game. That's what she taught, you know, through her work is if you have a problem with theater, you find the right game to deal with that. That's how all the games are developed. But the same with education. You know, Aretha's doing it with writing. You're doing it with social work, right? Yeah. Do you, do you find that you're adapting the games for the needs of your students? I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch that, Max. Do you find that you're adapting the games for the needs of your students? Oh, yeah, and my patients. I work with my clients. With I do improv yeah. therapy, so yeah, yeah. and and definitely uh, adapting the games to the different client needs that we're having, or just playing tradition, even playing just traditionally as it's written, um, is is such a gift. I I really when I speak I speak to social work organizations sometimes, and I always say everybody should read this book, and I have Viola's book there. Everybody should in this room should read this book because it's not just about improvisation and games; it's about life. It's about coaching, which is like therapy. I mean, there's so many golden things. Just her whole approach to approval and disapproval. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, for me, uh, the thing that sold it is, you know, I was f for the social, for the for the personal aspect of being a, a very shy boy that could not communicate very well. And, you know, just how do you talk to people? How do you talk to people? And, and for me, all the time thinking about things, you know, living in my head to be able to be like right now out in the space connected it. 
people take it for granted. You know, what's it like to, you know, to be living in your head? It's a lonely, lonely place. And to have tools, you know, where's the book that teaches you how to connect and talk to people? You know, it's this book. It's the book here because there are games that deal specifically with not even theater, just connection. And that's that's why I'm using it. I'm using it uh, in a few weeks. We're going to the Ed Asner. You mentioned Ed Asner. You interviewed him, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, he has, he's got the Ed Asner Center. I'm, I'm going there with our friend Ron. We're going to be doing theater games for, you know, the children that have autism and people have special needs. <gasps> and we, I've done, we did that last year with Aretha. And it's, it's the most joy you can ever imagine because these are kids that are just like me. They want to connect. They want, they, right, but they right. have these obstacles. I've, I've so actually, they, they, you know, it's like, yes. But not to jump in too quickly, but I've actually taught uh, teenagers on the autism and young children with autism improv games and skills. I did that for a few years and it was so rewarding. I would like to be a fly on the ceiling at Adner Center then. That's terrific. Wow. I hope they can yeah. maybe tape some of it. I don't know, but that would be wonderful to see because absolutely. Yes. And, you know, Viola's games emphasize physical the physical body so much in our relation yeah. to our body and others' bodies. Can you speak and on the that space and the space? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like as an actor using what are the tools that you have, you know, you have your body <laughs> when you're performing and you have the space. Those are the two things that people who do improv on the zoom <laughs> could take advantage of. Right. The fact that, yes, you don't have to stay in your chair. You know, the worst thing about improv on Zoom, and I got to say this, is uh, people have been on Zoom all year long, and the last thing they want to see is a talking head <laughs> just talking to them. That's Even if it's great improv, it doesn't matter. <laughs> they don't want to see somebody just talking. <laughs> no, and... And you, you move, use the space around you. Look, I got all this room, space objects. You could you stand, you could stand up for heaven's sakes. When on Zoom, yes, you're allowed to stand up. <laughs> but I, I got to tell you, we were in a show. You and me were in a show that was at the end of Aretha's workshop. You remember that show? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it was so special. It was so wonderful. And you were, I remember the animal you were. And it was like, what I tell people now is, look, with Spolin, with Aretha's show, you could turn down the volume. You you don't even have to listen to the words and you'll be watching a great show. Right? Absolutely. I mean, it was just, just the visual element of it. And that's the joy of Spolin is taking advantage of all the tools and resources as an actor. Um, and that's, you know, that's why I'm going to these other, I'm doing musical improv and reaching out to, you know, a little bit in the Johnstown world. And I'm thinking, boy, you know, I wish they would embrace Spolin. I wish they could allow, show how Spolin could enhance their work without, you know, they've got wonderful stuff. I'm not knocking any of it, but, you know, not only are we there to help, we've got all these hundreds of games that they are ignoring, basically. But, um, 
you know, we've got this rich philosophy and understanding of improvisation, you know, the seven aspects of spontaneity that that's so important that, you know, th that we could bring to this world if they allow us to, uh, you know, to uh, work, you know, because there's not a lot of improv training going on. And it's so important, you know, while we're around, you know, uh, there some of us are older than me and we want to tap them uh, to be yeah. resources for these people. But, you know, I understand how to to apply Spolin to the to that world. And it's already there. You know, I, I, I've said this. Spolin is like the genetic code of improvisation. You cannot get away from it. Even if you don't think you're doing Spolin, you are. Just the fact that you're doing a game format before Spolin, you had other groups like Stanisovsky that Viola studied from, but she codified it as a game experience and all those concepts that you use in any kind of imp improvisation, the idea of being present, being in the space, out of your head, um, give and take, uh, um, sharing with the audience, hundreds of concepts that they think are from some other form or they think they just magically appear. No, they're from Spolin. You just don't recognize it. Exactly. So if once they get that idea, you know, there's gold in here, you know, get, tap this, <laughs> use it, you know. And these people, like you, like me, like Aretha, you know, like Bob Moyer, like Gary Schwartz, you know, all right. these people, they're here. <laughs> Give me a high five. They're here for us. They they want to, you know, we want to do, uh, you know, we want to be able to, to be part of your community. Embrace I, us. We're here for you. I was going to say, I, I was just chatting online with Gary yesterday about how kind of catching up, how I've taken so many different styles and schools of improv for the past over a year now online, but I always come back to Spolin because that's what satisfies me the most. And it's to me really honest. It's honest and genuine. And, and Gary's the person that I first studied uh, Spolin with. So I'm very fortunate to have been introduced to that. I really feel that I am. Yeah. I want to go back to what was what, 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 what Viola was like, like teaching. Do you remember any oh, time sure. that she was teaching you and any notes or anything? Yeah. Oh, you I got great stories. Great stories. Um, you know, one of the things about being a good improvisational actor is to take chances. Be you know, take risks. Don't be safe. You know, especially me. I got to tell you. Hands down, there was no one worse than me <laughs> doing improv. I got asked Bob Meyer, he could verify. <laughs> so she she knew, you know, because I was a young kid and, you know, whatever, and all those things, being shy. But anyways, so I'm doing this scene and with, like I say, it was in her Hollywood actors group. These are Hollywood actors, right? And I'm just little Max. And I'm standing there just watching and I'm not going to say much, right? So she comes down the steps. She, of, of the audience not saying a word in the middle of a scene while we're performing right we're, she said keep going keep going she comes over to me and she starts stepping on my feet <laughs> she said keep going keep going I said, what are you doing she she, she she for about five minutes she's stepping on my feet <laughs> <laughs> and then she turns around slowly walks back to her seat 
Continue the scene. Scene ends. Never says a word about it. Never. Not for years. Never. It's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> you know, and that's the kind of, you know, she's not going to tell you, you know, because what's her philosophy? You learn through experience and experiencing, right? Did you learn something from that? Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't, you know, but she's not going to tell you because, you know, she again, one of the aspects of the seven aspects of spontaneity is approval, disapproval. So don't make her the authority. You right. know, she's just right. there to help you. And, you know, and she's the worst one to take that role because she's an authority whether you like it or not. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it made it hard for her to teach. But her solution for that was to, um, to find if somebody has a problem, rather than telling them, um, she would look for the game that would help them and have everybody play it so nobody feels like, I'm playing this game to help Max. But she would be. Because I asked Bob, because Bob Moyer was confident. She would always be whispering in Bob's ear. Bob was very close to Viola, if you don't oh. know. You know, Gary was, but Bob was too, right? Oh Gary God. was probably more, but they they were they correspond. So I asked Bob one day, uh, uh, does Viola have a game for me? Because I, I was scared to ask him because I got, oh, she must have 20 games for me because I'm so bad. <laughs> so does she have a game for me, Bob? Yeah. She, she said, but you're the easiest one to, to for you for her to fix. She, she says, oh. Max, he's no problem. Just give him gibberish and he'll be fine. <laughs> and yeah, and, and I'm going, oh yeah, that's that's true. That's true. So she knew. And she had all these tricks, tricks and techniques to, you know, secretly give focuses to people. And wonderful, brilliant. And, and and that's one of them. I've got all these stories about her. And that's what I'm, you know, that's why I'm doing this in, in England and say, you know, Please, you know, there, and I was saying, you know, there's on an event, Brian, if you look 300 improv classes, there's nothing on Spolin, just the one I'm doing on uh, for for um, for the nursery. So, you know, wow. this is important to me when I do everything I can to get out. That's why we're going we're going to Germany and to Turkey and I'm going to go to Brazil and I'm doing and I'm starting one in China. Oh, this is a great thing. Wow. Talk about needs. This what I'm doing in China. What's the need? Okay, they want to learn English, right? In in China, how do they learn English? Repeat this sentence over and over again. Learn this vocabulary. The worst possible way to learn language in China. What if you use games to learn English? What if you use all these wonderful games? And that's what we're doing. We're I'm working with this guy Cheng to adapt Spolin games specifically to make language learning fun for finally. <laughs> and maybe they'll learn it faster because we'll be using music and stories and Spolin games that you know if you look at the educational, as you know, as a yes. probably social. Yes. That, yeah, th that's how you learn. That's how you learn. I, uh, there's a picture that I really love. Let's see if I can find it and just show you. This is an audio recording, of course, but I'm going to um, show you the picture. Uh, and I, I didn't. I don't know if you know the people that are in this picture. It's a picture of Viola teaching little children 
Um, can you uh. see it now? Can you open it or not? Uh, no, no. I okay, wait a minute. It. Let me, um, oh. I'm going to do this. Um, I'll show you now. I can share the screen while we're looking at this. And this, I guess, is in Hollywood. So when you went to LA, how long did you stay there? Well, uh, I stayed for, um, I stayed for the summer with when Bob and the group was there. Then I went back to Detroit. Wow. Wow. And I bet who's, cause I know, I know that Paul Sills is there. Is that Paul Sills? I think this is Paul here. Maybe there. I'm not sure. Yeah. Paul Sand was in the group. Alan Arkin was there for a time. Right. Oh, Viola with her arms out. Yeah. You can, I can still hear her voice in my head. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wonderful. Oh, you, some of the pictures Aretha has are amazing. But uh, speaking of children, right? So after Viola passed away, now at a wedding, at my wedding, we had a wedding in her theater, uh, the Silson oh. Company Theater. She was at my wedding. Oh, no. And she presented me, her book had just came out, the theater games for the classics. Yeah. So she presented yeah. me as the wedding gift. Now, what's special about this book, not only is it for teachers, but she allowed me to take pictures of my students. So those are my students that are in the book. Wow. That's so a wonderful I was lucky book. enough to be part of her part of the book. But then after she passed away, Paul Sills um, allowed me to create this um, CD of the book. It's, this, it's the same book, the complete book, plus video examples and all these resources for teachers. For now, how, do you, how, how can you get that? I'm sorry, how can you get that? Because, you know, I've tried to find that. Is, can you get it yeah, anymore? Well, well, yeah, you know, it's actually part of uh, the Spolin collection. So when, when you go to Northwestern, it's published by Northwestern University Press, the same place that publishes all her books. We're part of that collection. The problem is it's, uh, it's a little bit out of date for uh, Mac, but I'm allowed to give out the new Mac version for people who bought the CD, uh, you know. But, uh, and yeah, because I, I, I bought it, but it's... Version, version yeah, I bought it. I'm a Mac user. I couldn't play it. I was so disappointed. Yeah. Um, oh, but and there, I can give you the I can give you the the updated version. They're allowing me to do that if you bought it. So, all um, right. Yeah, no, it will work. Yeah. And the other thing is the index file cards, which are so spectacular, and yes. uh, file cards. I lost I lost the um, the directory of what games are on what cards. <laughs> so I'm always oh, the little through. handbook. The handbook, yeah. That, that little handbook is a gem. If, if, if yeah, if uh, Aretha will let me Xerox a copy, I'll I'll do that. Um, okay. But okay. yeah, because it's it's got definitions of you know what does no motion. It took me years to to really right. get no motion, but it's got it all printed out there very neat and nicely. Um, so um yeah. oh there's so much to talk about this could be like definitely a two-part interview um i want to get back to what you're doing with a group called the nursery in england um and that's coming <sighs> up shortly right i mean that's coming up very soon oh it's it's ongoing right yeah i'm uh <laughs> you know they're they have embraced musical improv in ways that no other schools have they they had they have seven teachers at least teaching musical improv you know even in america even in la you're lucky to find one i spent two years in la trying to find musical improv and then they told me this is what they said you have to go through our two-year training program before we'll even let you do a musical improv Uh, at at impro 
I gotta say this in April they I, I went to their I, I I signed up and I was at the came up for their first class and they said no no you gotta go and I could wasn't even allowed to take there's such elitism in in, in LA with these companies oh I got a great story about the groundlings if you want to hear that but it's like uh, for, sure let's talk, for, let's talk about uh, the groundlings yeah sure <laughs> well. Well, we'll get to that in a minute, but let's okay, okay. finish about the nursery. Because, yeah, okay, because the know, nursery, me, you're, what are you teaching at the nursery? Oh, oh, yeah, well, uh, well, I'm, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying, the workshop. I'm I'm giving a two-and-a-half-hour workshop on basic Spolin games, uh, you know, just for people that, you know, aren't familiar with Spolin. Um, but it's going to be, you know, just like Aretha's class, we'll have, you know, a little traditional game, uh, a little sidewalk, and then the basic game so that people can become familiar with it. But even for the people that have been, you know, uh, I got people there like Ed Greenberg, uh, who's from, uh, started the sec, uh, who's one of the committee members. They're going to be there. So it's just to share stories and meet each other and build this Spolin community, which is so, so important to me. That's my goal in life. Runs June 13th. It's something that changed your life. You want other people to have it. Absolutely. I'll, I'll share that link. I'm going to try to get our podcast out much sooner than later. So, but that's yeah, but full it's, already, it's, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's already filled up, filled up, which is so exciting because it shows, yeah, hey, there's a need for Spolin that, you know, um, let's, let's get it out there. <laughs> I wonder if there's a need for other Spolin teachers out there. I yes. wonder if I, I know somebody that might qualify. I'm not sure. Please, please. <laughs> uh, I, however I can help you, maybe we could do one together. That'd be so That would be awesome. So yeah. Oh, this is, this is so exciting. I wasn't feeling too good today. And now I'm, see, when I'm feeling joy and inclusive and all that great things. Now, are we going to talk about the musical improv or not? Oh my God! I, if you let me, because I got to tell you about what's happening with the, with with the nursery and and musical theater in general, is this rebirth of musical. I I saw musical improv back in the seventies, but like I say, it's really hard to find. And the nursery is now like the International School of Music and Improvisation. They won't admit it. They're not branding themselves that. But hey, you got seven teachers. They, I just took a course with MC Hammersmith, who teaches uh -huh. rap, and it's brilliant. You know, for you think of me, you know, I can barely rhyme. By the end of it, it's like, hey man, let's go to the can. I've got a wild, have a smile. What about you? What do you do? How about you know? And you're just rapping, rapping, rapping. And I just did that extemporaneously. It wasn't very good, but you know, you could get really, really good at it. But the, the, the idea is, they've embraced the Spolin philosophy in a way that you take their workshops and the whole approval disapproval thing no we're just here to have fun man and we learn so much because you're not worried about the teacher and you you know joe right joe who does the you know he'll say hey listen if you if you come in late don't worry about it if you're off tune don't worry about it. just have fun who does that? It's like, yes, that's what's needed. That's the Spolin philosophy. Get lower, it's called lowering the affective filter. It's taking the language element of the brain and stopping that 
uh, so that you can get to the right brain to get to the genius part. Because when you're excited, it's that state when you're relaxed and you're excited, you're in that improvisational state. Viola calls it the X area where you're willing, you're on the edge, you can take risks. So it's an incredible state to be in. And it's, uh, you know, and, and, and the proof of it, you remember the movie, The King's Speech? Yes, yes. Yes, okay. So the king, right? He stutters, he can't get the words out. The one thing that they try that instantly cures him, starts singing the words. And then all of a sudden, oh, I can speak without stuttering and it's fine. Because what it does is it stops the the felt the language part of your brain. It lowers the active affective filter, which allows you to communicate. And I know this myself because I'm the one who just why am I can't speak? You know, because it's all approval disapproval, and you know, getting into that vibe. It's the seven aspects of spontaneity, spontaneity in Viola's books. That's one of them. You. You deal with those things, and and that's what it's like at the nursery, and they're all and and not just the nursery. I got to call out to all these other improv, even in L.A. and uh, in California. I mean, in in USA, there's so many fantastic musical improv teachers, and they're all helping each other. They don't care if it's John Stone or Spolin. They just want. It's just about singing, and I love all of them, every single one. And, and so many people get stuck on the fact they'll say, well, I can't sing. Well, we know everybody can sing, you know, even if you talk, sing, it doesn't matter. I've been studying this for about eight years now, musical improv, and I can't get enough of it. Oh. And if I'm on a team where we're doing, you know, talking, talking scenes, I'll inject music whenever I can. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, go have, for it. Babe. Are you, are you getting ready to teach some musical improv or do you consider yourself a student getting, what do you? What are you doing oh, with that? My dream, I'm trying to achieve my dream, which is really actually very difficult. I'm trying to start a, a group here, a musical improv dance group. And I'm what I've done is I've got like 50 games that are all Spolin games that I've adapted by just changing it around a little bit to do it with uh, uh, singing and musical improv. And also Boyd games that work very well with musical improv that have never been played before. They're all... They're, right now, they're all in my head, and they're just dying. We've tested some of them out. We, you and me, were, we were going to get together and try some of them. Yes. But, but <laughs> I, 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 did a, I did a couple at the uh, conference uh, a few days uh, last week, uh, the, the uh, International Improv Festival that Joel right. Veenstra was doing. Mm -hmm. We played this game uh, there, and it just it blew everybody away. So I know they work. Because they've been tested for over 40 years. You just tweak them a little bit. Yeah, just tweak so them a little I'm bit. I'm excited to share them with you. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, there's so many things. I'm going to be doing a follow-up note to you today. La, 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 la. <laughs> Let me get this and this and this. So um, yeah. now I, I tried to cover a lot of things. And um, we're, we're about at the 40 or 50 minute time. Some, and uh, yeah, I know there's so much I could talk to you about. So we probably have to do it again, Max. Oh, well, hey, it's such a joy to talk to you and to play with you. Boy, you are everywhere. You are, every time I see a show, oh, there's Margo and you're brilliant. So it's, it's you're, you're, you're what, well, I, well, I'll have to do an interview for you because you're as famous as everybody else now. 
I just love it so much, you know, and discovering it in the, oh, I don't know why I want to call this the last chapter of my life, but one of the, one of the ending chapters, okay, not the oh, last no. chapter. But, you know, I didn't start playing until I was 60 years old. So, but I had learned new games prior to that. And the New Games Foundation came out of the 70s, came out of California. And a lot of those new games, win-win for everybody, had improv games in them that I didn't know about at the time. So um, yeah, I've probably been yeah. doing this for 30 years, but not officially. <laughs> and the time yeah, doesn't matter yeah. either. So um, so well, uh, why don't you go ahead? Go ahead. Let, let me give a shout out for, for how people can connect with me, because I, mm -hmm. I do have on Facebook, the World Spolin Network, uh, and I have the Musical Improv Network, and I've got the Dance Improv Network. And just trying to marry them all together, it's, it'll be great. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we'll just say adieu for now because um, we're gonna get together again real soon and then we're gonna be together in class tonight. Yeah, great. <laughs> good, we're good. We'll have fun with Aretha Sills class, which is a blast. It is a blast. And educational. She knows she's she's got those quotes from Paul and Viola that nobody else has. So you get little gems every class, right? I'm very grateful to have Aretha in my life. And I'm very grateful to you have you, Max Schaefer, in my life. So we'll say goodbye for now. Um and uh, any parting words you might give to somebody who's just thinking about getting into improv today? Uh, yes, play and find the teacher if they're mean to you. Get out of that class as fast and find one that's fun. Thank you. It, yeah, it should be. Shouldn't be mean, should always be fun. Thank you, my darling. See you soon. Okay, great. Bye. Bye.